Hey everyone, welcome back, welcome back. I am glad that you are here. I really appreciate you tuning in, liking, commenting. I really do, you know, love the fact that I can reach a broad community and that people can relate to, you know, some, if not all the things that I'm going through um, in my counseling experience. So, make sure you comment or you know, download the episode if you want to, or just subscribe or follow me. That'll be awesome. Um, the more you do that, the more other people will get to hear my podcast and the more people I get to reach. So that would be awesome. But today I want to talk about white spaces. Um, now I know in the beginning and a couple of times throughout my podcast, I've spoken about imposter phenomenon and why, because as a person of color, as a black woman, um, I have still have that feeling. Like, it doesn't go away. Um, it just kind of increases when you get into a higher level of your profession or degree, etc. And I experienced that, what was it, last week, Thursday. Right now, it is Monday morning. It is 1.06 um, on a cool nice night and I'm just getting home so from washing clothes and getting the kids hair done you know because I'm more than a therapist but that's I digress okay so I want to tell you what happened to me okay so I go to this intern all intern face-to-face like meeting with all the other interns and supervisors and the admin and I get there late because I work a 24-hour job on a Thursday um, from a Wednesday to a Thursday morning. So I ended up leaving work at 9 and then driving out to the location. It started at 9, but I didn't get there till like 10 o'clock. Um, and so I knew I was going to be late, of course, and hoping that it wouldn't be awkward. And I want to share with you just what I did, and I don't even know, you know how it made sense to me at the time, but it just felt like I was just trying to keep myself safe. Um, but so I got to the location and there was, it was like this big old conference room, see-through glass and all I saw were, you know, non-white individuals, white people, whatever. And, or, you know, what I assume to be white, if not, you know, another, um, ethnicity, but I didn't see any people of color. Um, that I could see from where I was coming in from. So I walked past the conference room because I was like, uh, like people were looking through the glass, looking at me and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I belong there. And I went up the elevator, like I turned left, went up the elevator to the actual agency's office because they have different locations. So I went there, it was closed. I was like, oh, I gotta go back downstairs. And so I'm prepping myself. I got off the elevator. I stood on the corner right before you turn to get to the conference room. And I just stood there for about five, ten minutes. Just like, okay, Doretha, own this room. Walk in with your head held high. Because you are supposed to be there. You are supposed to be in these rooms, in these places where you might not feel as welcome. And at that time, I didn't. But I pushed myself to go 
even if I felt uncomfortable because at the end of the day, like, I'm going to have to get, have more confidence in knowing that I belong like everyone else and that I should not feel that the only way I can belong anywhere is because there's people of color there. But it's sad that I have to think like this because if I was a non-person of color, I would just walk in a room because I wouldn't have to think about these things. And that's a privilege. For me, I had microaggression in the past from non-people of color and it was a horrible experience. It was more than one experience. It was experiences like plural, not singular. And I'm still working on that workplace trauma that I've experienced about 17 years of working in mental health um and so now I'm still processing that so for me to walk in to this conference room allowed me to kind of face you know the the past fears and experiences I have and so when I walked finally walked into the conference room I walked in I saw my name, and that's it. See, Doretha, you're supposed to be here. And I just, you know, said hello and spoke to everyone. And then when I got further into the conference room, I saw another person of color, another African-American woman. And I was like, yes. Okay, great, right? <laughs> like, I kind of, I felt, I'm not going to say I kind of, I felt more comfortable being in that space. Because I had someone I could relate to in the, the conference room right I felt like I automatically connect with her because she was African-American female and I was African-American you know I'm African-American female and I was just like oh good good so I took my seat it was time for a break at the time and you know after a while I warmed up um and I was just talking to people some of the people there listening taking notes and stuff and then there was a question that was asked about what is collaborative notes. Now, I don't know if you have to do this in your therapy sessions, but collaborative notes, from what I explained to everyone in the group and the person facilitating the meeting, I indicated that collaborative notes are done within the last 15 minutes of the therapeutic session in order to build rapport with the client, to have them empowered within their treatment plan and for them to have a say into what is worded and also it allows for the client to have psychoeducation based upon you know the diagnoses and what is being done in interventions and lastly I discussed that it allows the client to have to not have to work additional hours that are unpaid and doing clinical notes when it could be done in the meeting so when I said that, maybe not in those quite words, but when I said that, everyone looked at me like, oh, <laughs> and I'm like, um, why are you all looking at me? You've never heard someone speak about something? And then I realized <clears throat> that people were surprised that I answered the question so, I guess, so on point. And I was kind of divided about that. I was like, first I was like, oh, okay. Like maybe because they didn't do the training or maybe, I don't know. But then I was like, well, shouldn't you expect that to be from anyone in the room? 
And I think, you know, for me personally, if a person of non-color would have said the same thing that I said, it wouldn't have been no, <gasps> like everyone looking at, <gasps> right? You know, it wouldn't have been that shock factor as if, you know, I just like completely went out the box of what, or the scope or the, the you know, box, like I said earlier, that I've been placed in. Like I would, you know, I'm just like, hmm, okay. And I, I kind of got annoyed about that because... It's just like, you know, one time I was told, oh, you, you speak very well. Or, oh, you write very well. I didn't expect that. I'm just like, what did you expect? <laughs> what what did you expect, right? I come from an, an area in D.C. that's not the greatest at all. And it's stereotyped by other people, you know. And I grew up rough. and But that don't mean that. I am not an intelligent person, whether I talk what you would say or someone would say slang or whatever does not take away from my intelligence. And when I want to talk, I want to talk in a professional manner. And it kind of made me feel like I wouldn't say code switching, but there are times when I did code switch throughout my career because that was what was expected to be taken seriously right like you had to code switch in your environment to be taken seriously or else they would just use those stereotypes even more and you wouldn't even have a chance to even be seen in a professional manner so like I said when I made the the comment the well, the response about collaborative documentation it just reminded me of how black people or people of color are not expected to have intelligent conversations or responses. Um, so another thing that I want to talk about too that happened at this intern orientation have you is that one of the supervisors, one of the clinical supervisors indicated that we're like family. And I'm just like, "Mm, that's a touchy word to say, especially to therapists, especially to you don't know if someone's going through things with their family. So it's not really culturally sensitive or maybe not sensitive to people who might have, you know, a family that they don't talk to or miss or something tragic, they died, etc. You know, God forbid. But these are things that I don't expect to ever say to anyone. Oh, we're like family. Like, oh, we're dysfunctional. You know, oh, you put your own labels on what family means. And I think people have to be careful about that. But yes, it was overall, it was a, it was a good meeting. Um, Though I was fairly tired, just came from the 24 hour job, didn't get too much rest, but I made it. Um, And... We don't have to do any more in-person orientations, I don't think, ever again until they decide that we need to do one. So that's great. And I will mention that I did see my site supervisor in person. And oh my gosh, we were in our own world cracking up laughing. It just felt more, even more comfortable seeing him there. And it was kind of, 
like I observed him while he was there and he really didn't converse with the other sightseers um truly and he ended up like leaving um he was the last supervisor to leave and but he was very open and helpful and knowledgeable and shout out to my site supervisor who is a person of color where i can have these authentic conversations about ethnicity i did not have that with my previous site supervisor for my practicum we never talked about diversity um and i'm not quite sure it's because maybe she wasn't comfortable or maybe she felt that wasn't something of a concern um and i did put that on my evaluation that we did not talk about you know treatment diversity so I felt that that was important regardless if I worked with just a certain population of color like I need to be readily prepared to practice you know working not on say practice but utilizing interventions um, that might not work for everyone else but making it geared towards the person's needs based on their religion ethnicity etc but yes I did that meeting got home early so that was a win-win for me but yeah so to take away from this podcast um, and everything I've discussed I pretty much have learned that I have to be uncomfortable in a sense to be in places of white spaces and it's unfortunate that that's the case um and it can cause, you know, triggers for workplace trauma in other areas and just not feeling like you belong. And for some people to say you have imposter syndrome, it's more so the environment that creates that feeling <clears throat> sometimes, especially from people people of color, of imposter syndrome or phenomenon. So I'm going to tell you to keep your head high. Know you are there you have every right to be there like everyone else you are smart you are intelligent that is why you in are in this space whether it's people color or not and that when you start to second guess yourself just keep reminding yourself do that positive self-talk and connect with other people if you can while you're there uh people of color to you know like i did to make yourself feel more comfortable um, to not feel like an outcast in a place of, you know, a lot of people. And just, you know, have an open discussion, an honest discussion with your site supervisor about anything related to interventions for a diverse population or how you feel as a person of color working with other people of different races and people of, you know, well, non-color, you know, people... Um, yeah, but I hope that this was helpful and my experience was enlightening. Um, and I appreciate, like I said, you all taking time to listen to this podcast. It really, really, really means so much to me. Like you don't even know. And I just hope that I can help someone and you know how I've been helped and I will see you at the next, uh, podcast which where I'm going to be having a guest and we're going to be talking about the difficulties in finding black mentorship within the psychology field. So I can't wait to have that 
with her. It's going to be exciting. So stay tuned for next Sunday um, or early Monday morning like it is now. And I will talk to you this week. <laughs>